0: Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport
1: of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era. Of the ECW Hold me close Don't ever let me go More than words Oh my god I ever needed you to show and
2: This is the queen of extreme, scene
1: And the franchise, Shane Douglas Will you want the lowdown on professional wrestling Get it right here at this podcast Extreme three-way dance <laughs>
3: Connection. Welcome to welcome most extreme uh, violence you have experienced on the extreme through way dance. JT, Jenny, and Matt taking you through the history of extreme championship wrestling. And North South Connection takes you through the history of all sorts of things, wrestling and beyond. This podcast, like many others, simulcasts both audio and video. Audio on any podcast application video here on YouTube. And of course, subscribe to our social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. What oh, am I missing? That's it pretty much. YouTube. YouTube. Well, yeah, that's YouTube. Uh, Ryan Gray and myself, we're counting down every single WrestleMania match ever. Ranked them all, all 402. We're doing it in short format. They're all minute or less every match. Those are on YouTube shorts, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook Reels. So subscribe and join us. Well, we're under half now left as we march toward Mania. The last one's going to drop number one on Mania Saturday. So subscribe, leave your thoughts and comments uh, as to what Ryan gets wrong, what I get right. Love to hear it. (laughs) forward. so check that out check us out here we're on uh this channel every other thursday alternating with Doty war another great podcast if you're a super nerd or interested in a statistical breakdown of every doty pay-per-view ever uh, you can check that out it's a lot of fun all right matt and jenny we are here in february 1999 ecw uh, we started this journey in february 1994 mm-hmm. five years in jenny to this journey um of ecw television with two to go uh, what are your thoughts so far?
2: <laughs> My thought now is you often say the most extreme menage a trois violence you've ever seen, but that's pretty pre- presumptive of you. Like, too confident. I mean, there might be more extreme ones that he's, know, he's
0: known us long enough that I think he's.
3: I seen. mean, there's probably some extreme ones that happened in the locker room, the promotion we're
0: talking about. Oh, right that's here, true. But, yeah. um, you know.
3: And,
2: you know, extreme. just across the world as far as that goes. So. Eh, it's pretty extreme.
0: Pretty extreme. I, I dare you out there to find a trio more extreme.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
3: we've covered a lot in these five years and uh we are in the early stages of Taz's ECW World Championship reigns. We'll see how that oh, continues okay. to grow. We're on the path to living dangerously 99. We're yes. going to kick things off on February 13th, 1999. We have ECW fan camp footage shit destroying one man yeah. gang still around, uh, <laughs> as is our buddy Rugged Rod Price. And uh, Hush,
2: rambling and Matt, Rod.
3: <laughs> Matt, this
0: happened in Fall River. Uh, it sure did. It sure did. Uh, not five minutes away from where I am currently recording right now. There you go. The gang down by the river. Uh, uh, you rambling- know, one man gang is the wrestler this city deserves. So. <laughs> rambling Rod Price down the street from Somerset. Yeah. A lot going on.
3: Uh, we then get our slate for Living Danger, so we get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. We're back in Detroit. He hypes up the pay-per-view. Says Taz has requested to face Sabu in Asbury Park, but it's not yet official. Go to the ring for our opening match as Rob Van Dam is here in his hometown to take out Ulf Herman. It's a monster pop, as RVD. Super over. Ulf awaits a subtle shot as our RVD takes his time. We clip into the match. We get the two trading arm holds and grappling. RVD peppers some kicks. We clip to him getting a high cross body. Herman comes back with some punches in our clothesline. We clip again to a slingshot clothesline by O for 2. Clip to Herman countering a victory roll with a powerbomb. Clip to him hitting another powerbomb. Clip to RVD dumping him outside, meeting him with a huge plancha. Clip to RVD slugging Herman into the fans, meeting him with a springboard somersault plancha. We go to RVD hitting a springboard van Dammeator into the crowd. The crowd is rocking. We clip back to the ring. RVD gets a rolling thunder. Then we go to him hitting the five-star frog splash for the win. Uh, Mainly highlights, but it was fun. I mean, RVD's a spectacle. The hometown fans just want the hits. That's what we get. Uh, They don't care about the opponent, really. The showcase always connects for them. Give it the extrapolated two-and-a-half match for this
0: RVD squash never mind one-man gang sticking around. How the fuck is Alf Herman still sticking around? (laughs) And Ramblin' Rod Price! uh, uh, German Van Hammer motherfucker. Good lord. (laughs) He'd be a lot more interesting if he was Alf Herman. Um, But, I mean, this is totally fine. You could put RVD in there with anybody, and he's gonna have a two and a half star match, and that's pretty much what this was, cause Alf Herman is pretty much a lumbering o. <laughs> so, but and RVD got a two and a half star match out of them, al'beit a clipped one, but it looked like it was a two and a half star match, Jenny, you know.
2: yeah, it was clipped, and it was real messy um from what I saw i I did the two and a quarter on it. Um, the crowd is good, you know, they love them, and uh, I love a five star frog splash to win a match, yeah, nothing bad.
3: All right, we head back to house potty as Lance Storm and Tammy Lynn Bitch were in the ring where Tommy Dreamer, uh, Justin Credible, and Credible's crew were all standing. Lance got on the mic, said someone had the nerve to say these guys had a better pay-per-view match, but the truth is he carried RVD to the best match of his pay-per-view career. So tonight, either he will either carry Tommy or Credible to the best match of his career and offers to take one of their slots. Storm is locked in here. Completely. Mm -hmm. Dreamer tells Credible to take his freak show out of here and take his rat to the back to suck another dick. And he clarifies he meant Jason, not Chaz. Uh, (laughs) We get a loud, you suck dick chant for Jason. Tommy says, no one would let her suck their dick because she looks like a crack whore. And then says, he told them to suck a dick, not Nicole's dick. Credible, and the whole crew are shook here. Tommy says, Tammy Lynn shouldn't be laughing. She's a carpenter's dream. She's flat as a board and easy to screw. So... Uh, we don't see any of the match at this moment, but that was just from House Party. Uh, any thoughts, Jenny, on uh, Tommy just going uh, scorched earth here at all these people?
2: Tommy taking lessons from Joel uh, for I every guess, yeah, insults. He was, uh,
3: he's had it, it seems Look,
2: like. Tommy don't oh. usually talk like that. We don't normally see this from him. So, Lord, I was, I was laughing. It was good. He has good delivery. Um, and he kind of nailed them, all of them. So that was great. It was a great takedown for the Credible crew because they kind of been running shit for a minute. So I liked it, Matt.
0: Yeah, they needed to be uh, knocked down a peg. I wasn't expecting it to be by fucking Tommy Dice. Yeah, trailer, me either. But, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> he just went for the jugular right away and didn't fucking stop. Holy Moses. I mean, it, they were all good lines and it worked. I mean, the crowd good. just was all over it. But man, I, usually Tommy Dreamer bashes his head in a fucking lockers. He usually doesn't, you know, say shit like that. Holy Moses. But yeah, it was it was good for, you know, what it was. Holy shit.
3: It was it was and it was different. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah. Uh Jerry Seinfeld all of a sudden. Tommy Dreamer. What's the deal? <laughs> more like Andrew Desk. Joel
2: Seinfeld.
3: Yeah. Uh Spike is backstage. He gets asked if he ever gets nervous. And he gives a candid answer about being a small guy in a big man's game. But when the bell rings, his acid drops. Gives all the courage he needs.
2: Fuck yeah. More of these. More of these promos. He looked yeah, cute. Like-
3: well, and it's out. clear again, right? Again, they're becoming a TV yeah. promotion. They're trying to get mm-hmm. uh, some of these exposure to maybe new people watching off the pay-per-view. So. Yep. All So, right, Joey and the Nasty talks about the Dudley's public enemy issue. Zach is backstage with Gertner. He won't give any hints about who the Dudley's are paid by. He says it's pretty obvious if you think about it. We go back to Joey, who says in Raleigh, North Carolina, New Jack was not happy about being part of this bounty and wanted payback. So we get a fan cam. From Raleigh, where Spike took on Big Dick. The Dudley's got involved, hit a 3-D, but New Jack came out with his bucket of fun. He creamed everyone, Gertner included. New Jack uh, mashed him through a table off the balcony. The Dudley swarmed and hit a 3-D and left New Jack out. Joey then talks about how Mustafa was driven out of ECW due to 3-D, and now New Jack as well. Uh, any thoughts on any of that before we get to our next match? The
2: fan cam footage is fun. Um, mm. I like it the uh table spot was really cool uh because because there was a glare um like right at the balcony right where new jump jumped out so it looks like he just materializes out of <clears throat> nowhere you know, wah, right through the table great shit and then um joel ate a skateboard to his fucking face mm-hmm. so that was awesome too i like this this is good
0: uh, my, well, that was very good. But also my big takeaway was that, uh, Prazak is very bad at his job.
2: Oh, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> he's not.
0: The, the last episode, <laughs> he doesn't know what super crazy is saying. Now we can't get shit out of Gertner. Like, just, yeah. just go home. This isn't made for you. You're like, you shouldn't be doing this. You're very bad. We he's mad in the house pack.
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, Joey tells us the FBI attacked Nova earlier, leaving Antifaz del Norte to face him alone. And as the FBI head out to the ring, that means one thing. While the Italian Lesson of the Week may have been retired a few episodes back, Pat and Jenny, it is now time for the Italian Culture Lesson of the Week.
2: Oh! Oh, okay.
3: Through the words, we're now in uh, level two Italian lessons. Okay. Tonight's Italian Culture Lesson of the Week is the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Either of you familiar with this?
2: It's a Christmas thing, right? Yeah.
3: It is a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian-American celebration of Christmas Eve with dishes of fish and other seafood. It's not a feast since it's just a grand meal. Of course, Christmas Eve was a vigil of fasting day. and abundance of seafood reflects the observance or abstinence from meat until the Feast of Christmas Day itself. The Feast of Seven Fishes typically includes... Seven different seafood dishes. Tradition comes from southern Italy, just like me, where it is known as the Vigil, La Vigila, with no mention of the number seven. The celebration commemorates the wait for the midnight birth of the baby Jesus. As no meat or animal fat could be used on such days, observant Catholics would set eat fish. It's unclear whether the term the Feast of Seven Fishes was popularized. It was once found. The newspaper's oldest article to the feast was in a 1983 article. The meal includes seven or more fishes, considered traditional. And uh, the typical feast may include some combination of anchovies, whiting, lobster, sardines, bacala, smelts, eels, not the Eric type, squid, <laughs> octopus, shrimp, mussels, and clams.
2: What's your favorite course?
3: Uh, so I am not a big seafood guy at mm. all. Uh, not, even you can't have the Christmas then. Sorry. <laughs> <sucked real> <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> um, but I did. Uh, my favorite was uh, spaghetti and white clam sauce. Uh, my aunt okay. would make that at Christmas, mm-hmm. Eve. so I did eat that. They'd also usually make like a fret, like a fried, like uh, I don't know, like a chicken color, but it was like cod, like cod scrod color. Cut- oh, okay, whatever fried
2: whatever fish. So. Yes,
3: i mm-hmm. what I eat. That I'm not a shrimp fan, so I would not eat the shrimp cocktail usually. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the big ones, but then they would have like the other shit too, like the marinated uh, fried eel, the octopus mm-hmm. salad, like that. They would we'd have that stuff sometimes. Calama, of course, is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We'd have that sometimes, but. Uh, I'd say deep fried cod and uh, the uh, white clam spaghetti was my favorite.
2: I can get on board with that.
3: No.
0: Yeah. There you
3: go. That's a
2: lot of fish and seafood to have. I was going to ask. Yeah.
0: What's a what, house smell like after that?
3: Yeah. It's
2: got a lot Fishy. of intense smells.
0: Yeah. Well, and
3: when I was growing up, we would have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at my aunt's house. So like you'd still have the fish <laughs> smell. Yeah, linger. The next day we'd yeah. show back yeah. up, you know, 14 hours later. Um, but it was, I, I like for me, it was very traditional christmas italian style like it was a, the house was filled on christmas eve with people um and uh, a ton of eating so not so much anymore because a lot of them are dead but for a long time we had that that tradition uh i do recommend a pretty good movie it's on netflix i think it may be coming off in january feast of the seven fishes it's the uh, ever popular skylar chisando is in that and uh if, if you're looking to capture the exact moment of what growing up in the 80s and Early 90s, Italian Family Feast of Fishes, that movie I recommend. It's, a, it's a kind of a rom-com, but it's pretty funny. Um, and also, uh, The Bear, season two, has an episode mm. centered around the Christmas tr- tradition of the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Um, that's on the opposite end of the, a bit. Of, uh, the movie, but uh, also very relevant and uh, relatable as an it, uh, Italian growing up um, with the thesis of vicious. So, any like, questions about this uh, cultural lesson, or are you good?
2: I like our Italian culture club we got going on here. Yeah. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. One more to come. Anytime the FBI's is on, wow. we'll continue on. So, uh, all right. Our next match is Little Guido taking on Antipasto del Norte. <laughs> uh, I always
2: write that. Uh, <laughs> Why do really? I always write that's that? That's all I'll be able
3: to right now. <laughs> Ron Renzi, Bert, in your mind. The FBI head out, Little Guido, Tracy Smothers. Tommy Rich and Big Sally Graziano. Uh, They're fired up as Guido will take on Antifaz after the Nova attack. Antifaz is out to a pop. Joey goes over the strategy and style of each man. My favorite nickname of all time, Joey busts out the Big Salbowski. (laughs) We get rolling with a quick chase sequence. Tracy gives Guido some tips about how to stretch him. Guido takes things to the mat. He rides and grinds on Antifaz. Antifaz switches over, grabs the arm. We get a reset. Guido takes the leg and cranks a bit. Antifaz comes back with a snap power bomb for two. Antifaz amps up with a missile dropkick. Guido bails out. Finds Antifaz, uh, flies into Guido, and smothers with a somersault plancha. Back inside, Antifaz gets a Rana, flying head scissors. comes off to the middle rope with a Guido, counters into a Tiger Bomb for two. Guido gets a nut breaker for two, but Antifaz comes kicking back, gets a Switchblade for two, twists into a submission hold, but Smothers makes a save. He lays out Antifaz. The FBI beat him down until Nova shows back up, makes a save and cleans house. We get a swinging DDT on Sal on the floor. Oh, nice. (laughs)
0: That
3: looked good. Uh, This morphs into a tag match. Nova works over both FBI. Antifaz comes in with a missile dropkick, and he finishes Guido with a gourd buster as Nova flies into the FBI with a somersault plancha in the background, which is some awesome framing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, A fine match. It never really got going, but it's just kind of a sequence of spots. Uh, The focus on the cruiser style, though, is, again, the way they're reinventing this mid-card. Uh Um, with less, you know, the brawling and heavy stories are kind of at the top, but this undercard is really this international flavor and this cruiser high flying impactful style. Uh, the final stretch when Nova showed up, I thought was great. I thought Mm -hmm. he looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went two and three quarters, Matt. Again,
0: I I think this was more of a series of things versus a match, but those things
3: were good, especially at the end.
0: Yeah, I went two and a half on it. I I thought it started out kind of slow, but once Nova got in there, it really picked up and I thought it was great. Like you mentioned that tornado DDT on Sal was ridiculous. Just Mm an insane move. Uh, Tommy Rich was billed as the reigning president of Italy, which was very good. (laughs) (laughs) that was uh, that's our ne- that's next week's culture uh, right who is the president of italy tommy rich i'll know the i'll know the answer now so but yeah that that was very good so yeah i, I like the the finish too it was like some north hit some weird falcon arrow thing on guido i thought that was really good so started slow but once nova came out there he really improved things so i went uh, i went two and a half for the whole thing jenny
2: dude i did two and 3 quarters like I'm a big Nova fan. I don't know. This was good. I love the FBI, too. I Little Guido is always a great match. Like, mm-hmm. he's always fun in the ring. And um, the character stuff is on point. Um, big Sal on the sideline. We don't get to big see Sal-o-ski.
0: him. Yeah, we don't get to see <laughs> him
2: every time. So that was great. Um, Nova just is MVP. In the finish... You get the pen, you get Nova just flying in the background. Just yep. amazing shot. Like that was so awesome. I popped so hard for that. And then that DDT. We didn't even really see it. We saw we saw half of it. And then we mm-hmm. saw the fans' reaction to it. Yes. So I'm just like, oh, I wish I had seen the impact of that. But I extrapolated um that it was very good. So great match. The
3: uh extrapolations are specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh I think I think Meanie leaving really has helped free Nova uh, from, like, mm-hmm. a comedy goof. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. able now to show his in-ring chops, which are pretty mm-hmm. good. And now the style that they're emphasizing really fits him. So fits him. yeah, right. He's sure. kind of lucked into, like, all right, he's got a decent little maybe niche mm-hmm. here in this mid-card. Uh, all right, Joey talks about everyone lining up to challenge Taz at living dangerously. He Hypes up the fantastic presentation of the pay-per-view that they have going on. But it's the wrestling that makes a stand out, not the bells and whistles. Back to the ring we go with Super Crazy takes on Yoshihiro Tajiri. This is in progress from Concord, North Carolina, part of ECW Carolina Invasion 99. Both men are trading counters on the mat. Tajiri gets a Rana as we amp up with the flow going back and forth, very hectic pace. We get a reset and some applause. Crazy ends up with a rolling surfboard into a rear chancery, chops away, but Tajiri comes back with a handspring elbow. We get an arm drag and the Rana knocking Super Crazy to the floor. Jerry gets an acai moonsault. The crowd is going nuts. Jerry lays in some lethal kicks. He hooks, hooks the tarantula and uh, follows Super Crazy down the aisle, continues to punish him until Crazy gets a tilt to world backbreaker, meets him with a somersault plancha over the ref, back inside. Crazy gets two on a moonsault, slams Jerry hard to the mat, follows with a moonsault off the top, goes up again. Jerry crotches him, twists him into the tree of woe, mashes him with a baseball slide. Jerry nails him with a pair of head kicks, a low drop kick, Hits the GDT for two, but crazy comes right back with the power bomb to get the win. Uh, look, red hot as always. Again, the template is there. One or two new spots, but the new crowd yet again loves it. We talked about this yep. last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing these a lot, but the new crowds are in awe for the first time. Both guys are so good. The trading wins. So I just went three and a half again. I, this was in line to me with the last episode, a little below their peak stuff that I really loved, but still so crisp and so good, Jenny. So three and a half for me.
2: It's kind of like an automatic three and a half because we're getting Mm -hmm. the same match every time. Um, To me, just imagine watching this match that we've seen several times in a fucking raggedy-ass basketball gym or whatever it is because there's like goals on the Mm -hmm. walls. It's, it's, you know, there's... It's a full crowd, but there's maybe a thousand people there. It's just nuts to get sort of to me, it's as repetitive as we've seen it happen. It still feels old school, like it still feels like old school ECW, like in these. Because I don't, I don't believe we've been to Concord before. Um, if I don't remember, yeah, I don't recall if we have.
0: Well, I don't um, think we've been in
3: the Carolinas at all because they referenced Raleigh well. earlier too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this might be a new area they're going to, or at least maybe they've been there, but I haven't really focused on it. So. Right.
2: So again, um, we get yeah. like the the smaller venues in yeah. these areas, and then the bigger venues in the areas that we've multiply been to yeah. before. So it shows their growth. <coughs> um, matches like this, um, keeping that three and a half for forever until they do something new, Maddie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I went three and a half on it too. Look, the, the matches are all great, and we, I mean, we've seen them all before, but that doesn't mean they're not great. I mean, and it just shows that they're clearly ripping it up everywhere they're going and they're not taking a night off whether they're in the ECW arena or going to you know chicken screw Iowa or something Mm -hmm. like they're still they're still throwing down no matter where they go and that's cool to see because it means you know you're getting your money's worth no matter where Mm -hmm. you live in the country if you're an ECW fan so yeah I I mean it's a lot of the same moves it's pretty much move for move the same but I mean it's weird to complain about it because they're so good so it's like it's, it's a three and a half but we've seen it all before you know We've been through this. There's been other feuds in ECW
3: where they just kept running the match back. Yep. <laughs> knock on awesome, right? We just just not, sure. not to this
2: level, kind oh. of. I mean, oh. that was good, but yeah.
3: All right. Uh, then we have Joey saying, next week's show will come from Queens. It'll be the return of Sid to New York City. It's his first time since crushing Shawn Michaels at MSG in 1996. <laughs> we get another super crazy to Jerry match in Queens, as well as the Dudley's versus Public Enemy and the homecoming of Taz. So a lot going on in Queens that we'll be checking out soon. Uh, for our awards, best match, I did go with the Jerry Crazy. Yep. Yep. All right, Worst match, I went RVD and Herman. Yep.
2: That's correct.
3: Alright, best moment, I went Nova Cleaning House, actually. I liked that a lot. I thought that was uh, awesome. The crowd was into it. Something you don't see out of him often,
2: so. I gotta go with the Tommy Gertner um, tirade <laughs> in the ring.
0: I think I gotta go with the Tornado DDT on Cell. Uh, oh, that was good too. The uh, so I went with the the uh
3: Gertner Tommy thing for the most 90s because Dreamer was clearly doing like an Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, style like thing, yep. so it felt very 90s the way hey, you know, mm-hmm. like the way he was hitting all the beats. No, nope. um, to me, well, it felt just... very 90s. So, all right, yep, nope. all right, uh, stock rising, Sid, of course, RVD Nova to Jerry, crazy. Mm-hmm. And yep. falling at his one main gang, rambling Rod Price, Sid Von,
0: Von Basically, Krushen. everybody that was where I live. Yep. So <laughs> very <laughs> fitting.
3: Final Grade was seven out of 10. I mean, another really yep. good episode. We're on a, on a roll, very entertaining, no real slow spots. And you keep rolling out these Jerry crazy matches. Yep. Like, right. it's going to carry most of the episodes. So Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's a seven for me, too. I mean, just another enjoyable show.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you guys.
3: Seven. All right, February 20th, 99, uh, opens with Taz emerging from a limo, gets an ovation from his hometown fans. They're waiting outside the Elks Lodge. Taz quiets them down. He says, New York City has the belt. We see a clip inside the arena where Steve Carino powerbombs Cronus as Jeff Jones comes out and says he committed the crime of using a powerbomb in ECW, <laughs> and that move belongs to the master. Sid comes out to a huge pop. He chokeslams that puts Carino from the ring over the top through a table in a nasty bump. Sid then powerbombs Cronus, hops outside, tosses Karina back in, powerbombs him twice, and then powerbombs Cronus again. As Joey reminds us that Sid destroyed Shawn Michaels in MSG the last time he was in New York City. Sid plays to the crowd and heads off to Cheers. Uh, so Matt, what do you think of this opening here with Taz coming home and uh, getting Sid out of the gate right away, just wrecking shop?
0: Look, uh, having Sid, as we've seen, it's a good way to open up these shows with mm-hmm. him just fucking killing these random people, like these random lower card guys. And okay. so it's super entertaining to see. And I like how Judge uh, Jeff Jones is coming up with these weird fucking ways that <laughs> Sid cool and all these guys go, hey, you used a power bomb That's Sid's move. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Now he's going to kill you now. Like, it's fantastic. It's so like great.
2: I love yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. Like the Judge Jones thing's really working for me. Whatever. Just whatever. I'm standing by it. I don't
0: care.
2: Yep. I like it.
3: All right. Uh so opening animation. Joey in the ring talks. Says the Elks Lodge is rowdy as always. Joey brings Taz out to a pop. He starts to talk about living dangerously. Says whoever faces him for the title will tap or be choked out. And he'll choke out anyone from ECW, WF, or WCW. Taz hypes up his hometown and says he is New York's world. Champion, the crowd is molten hot,
0: but not mm-hmm. much going on. This is, again, kind of a quick statement.
3: Yeah, Taz. super
2: Taz stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean it was basically a promo just to get him to in front of a school. Yeah. yeah. So all right, no surprise here. Joey in the nest
3: says, light breaking news as the Dudleys have run public enemy out of ECW. So oh my god, they're gone as quickly as they came back. Weird. Um I don't know if WCW kept came calling or this might have been the WWF move, because I know, again, they go there, but no. it's quick. I mean, mm-hmm. they get stiffed by the APA or whatever is like a initiation, mm-hmm. and then they pretty much just bail out. So I know that's like right before Mania in March. Yeah, I was so going to say, I,
0: if, I think it's right around there. So
3: so I don't know if they were, if they were back to WCW, then back. Or if this was them getting ready to go to Stanford. Because then they go back to WCW after that. Yeah, right? right? They're there yeah. t- for a while. so They're in that uh, weird
0: yeah. junkyard battle royal they did in the summer of 99 at WCW. Right. And I don't think, I don't know if we
3: see them again. Uh, uh, maybe a one-off. But I don't think they're back here again for I a while.
0: I can't remember.
2: Yeah. Yikes.
3: Yeah. So they're done. So we're not going to see the big blow-off. <laughs> that's what I figured. Well, i am okay
2: with it. Yeah, yeah,
3: whatever. I think, you know, we saw the fight. That was probably yeah, enough. Yeah, fine. Um, uh, we find out that Joel Gertner is going to reveal the benefactor that paid them off and put the bounty on New Jack. Uh, Joey says the internet is lit up with rumors of Shane Douglas's retirement. He's going to address them here tonight. This entire Queen show, Crossing the Line 1999, is on VHS, including an hour we won't see on TV. Back to the thing we go is little Guido takes on Chris Chetty. Uh, Tonight we just have Guido and Big Sal. He carries out Guido on his shoulders, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, awesome entrance. Joey says, Smothers are rich and are here. They're on a recruiting mission. Chetty heads down to get us going. After a break, Guido stalls. A crowd chants, you fat fuck at poor Sal. Joey yeah. reminds us that public entity is gone and Gertner will reveal all. Uh, Chetty kicks and slugs away in the ring. We transition to some mat work from Guido, grinding and twisting Chetty. Guido targets the ribs. Chetty slips out, topples over Sal and dodges a Guido Piscato. Back in the ring, Chetty gets two on a spin heel kick. Heads back up top for a cross body for two. Chetty goes up again. Guido power bombs him down for two. Guido dumps Chetty outside. Sal throws him into the post. Chetty comes chopping back. Guido ducks a springboard, hits some elbow drops. Chetty snaps off a neckbreaker, slugs away, gets a springboard sidekick and a power slam for two. Chetty slugs Sal on the apron, drop kicks Guido into him and hits a tiger bomb and a top rope moonsault for the win. Uh, pretty fun little match. I thought both guys were good. A nice pace, uh, right mix of BS with some mat work mixed in. Guido's turning more into a wrestler and less comedy, which I think is a good addition Uh to the Uh card, and he deserves it, much like Nova. Uh, And Chetty balled out, too. He looked pretty good, Matt. I went two and three
0: quarters. A pretty fun little uh, low-card match. Yeah, uh, I went two and three quarters on it too. But I will say, I'm not gonna lie. I was half expecting Sid to come back out again and, <laughs> and fucking kill these guys. Like, part of me kind of wanted it too. Like, I enjoyed the match, but imagine Guido taking a power bomb bump from Sid. Mm. That would have been something very impressive. But I mean, as is, it was uh, it was a pretty good uh, a lower card match. Uh, Joey was uh, very focused on everything else happening in ECW, but this match at points, which I think kind of speaks to uh, the match that was in the ring. But I mean. They did work hard and I mean, it was clearly a filler to everything else happening on this show, but it was fun filler, which I always appreciate. So, uh, and the springboard moonsault that Chetty hits is always great. So uh, I went two and three quarter on it, Jenny.
2: Um Wrap it up two and three quarters for me too. Um, they're very evenly matched. Like they're almost the same dude, right? Like <laughs> yeah. style wise, size yep. wise. Um, yep. So it's good. Like it, I like this spot for Chetty. I think he should get more of these type of spots. Also, Guido. Um, I mean, I don't know how much longer the FBI lasts. Well, I've been told. We got him.
3: We got him to the end, I'm pretty sure. So okay. good there. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um, so, yeah, I like this. I could see this as a feud going forward, and I think it has some potential. Um, didn't seem like they left everything in the ring in this match, but it was good, and... Uh, uh, weird kind of chaotic energy that you always get from Quinn <clears throat> that can elevate something like this um, to the recorders.
3: So we get clips of the Dudleys beating the piss out of Public Enemy in Detroit. Joey says they've been run out of ECW yet again. They decided to run away instead of fighting. And tonight, Gertner will reveal who paid the Dudleys and that they'll get a bonus when they finish off New Jack as well. We also have Shane Douglas addressing his retirement rumors. We then come back from break. The Dudleys... And Gertner are in the ring. Bubba brags on Public Enemy, selling out yet again, taking the easy way, realizing they don't need to be in ECW because they can't hack it, and they're no longer extreme enough. Rock or Rock is too old, grunge is too high, and too fat to <laughs> deal with them. We see clips of the Dullies wiping out Public Enemy on January 23rd in Detroit. Bubba keeps shitting on them. The Dullies have been there three years and never back down from a fight, and the fans know it. They've split up the Eliminators, the Gangsters. They broke Hackmeyer's neck. They're the first guys to beat Tanaka. And proved themselves as the best wrestlers and brawlers in history. The fans weren't there for them when they came together and won the titles. They took out the Sandman in front of his pregnant wife. They broke Beulah's neck and should be in no doubt they're the greatest tag team ever. Nortra born killers fires up. Out comes New Jack, who questions that statement, calls him the Three Stooges, and says he doesn't walk alone. Bubba asks if he's going to go get Cronus and Spike, and New Jack says nope. Nortra born killers hits again, and out comes Mustafa. Ooh. Back by his side, the gangsters reunited. They smash Dick and clean house. Mustafa gets the guitar, and of course, turns and whacks New Jack, uh. turning on his old friend. Joey, of course, always uh, purposely slow to the game. Says maybe the benefactor paid off Mustafa as well. Uh, as the Dullies get in the ring and waste New Jack, they crack him with a 3D. New Jack is bleeding. Mustafa is beating him down. Cronus and Spike do show up. The Dullies take them out with 3Ds. The crowd is chanting for Sid. Joey wonders, who has the cash and the grudge to do this? And the Dudley's put their glasses on Mustafa, who pulls out a wad of cash and pays the Dudley's, and Gertner makes it clear that Mr. Mustafa was a mysterious benefactor all along. New Jack spits in Mustafa's face, and Mustafa beats him down more. Uh, Quite the segment Mm -hmm. um, to all this here, and I I think Mustafa makes sense. I don't know if he's the most sexy choice, Uh, but I think when you look at the story that they're trying to tell it, him wanted to take out New Jack and Public Enemy. Makes sense. Uh, I like the Dudleys being kind of hired guns. I think gets them away from us being like tag team champions for the millionth time. And it makes sense. They only give a shit about money and we'll beat the shit out of whoever. Uh, so I like that part of it. Again, I don't know how exciting it is for Mustafa to be the guy, but at least all ties together it makes sense for me, Jenny. Um,
2: Yes, it makes sense, I guess. Um, when was the last time we saw Mustafa?
0: oh it's been a
3: while uh, it was like, like he was year. there and then he left and they like, came back briefly um I'd i want to say it back. was like 97 wasn't it it might have been 97 it's, it's been a minute it,
2: i mean i say it makes sense on the public enemy side but on the new jack side to me that doesn't make much sense um because they never had any feuds or any kind of weirdness that we were aware of like
3: well, we'll see if he's other. got a reason. I mean, if yeah. he explains it. But July 97 was the last gangsters tag match. All right. Against so, the Dudleys. Um it's been a hot so, No. Yeah, I don't know but, if we have a I don't think we've seen him since then. Maybe he popped in for something, but Cuz yeah, so what was the feud with a um was that them and uh remember they fought in the street and they ran over with the yes, car? Was that, yes, was that, who what was that though? About. Was that the Dullies and the Gangsters? Was it the was Dullies, the right? That yeah, was the so Danger. that that was probably it. It was July yeah. night? Yeah. so it's been almost yep. two years. Yep.
2: Um because I remember that car spot. Um but I don't think Mustafa and the word benefactor should be in the same sentence. I just don't think that goes together at all. And um I Joey's confused in on whether he was the benefactor was pretty funny. Cause I was also pretty confused at that mm-hmm. point. So I don't think Joey was like being weird. I, I think that he also probably thought it's gotta be somebody else, right? It can't be just Mustafa. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I have more questions and that's fine. I'm, I'm hoping that we get some answers. Patty.
0: Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. The segment itself was really good and really well done, it was but, good. but, I I need to know more and hopefully we find out more, but as it is right now, it's like kind of like the Shurjan gif, you know, like it just, I don't know. It just... I I need to know more because it is kind of weird that Mustafa's gone for a year and a half and now. All of a sudden, he hates New Jack for some reason. Like, and he
2: has well, a ton of money,
0: right? Somehow. Why and how is, yes. are my questions? So hopefully, we get answers to those. But the segment itself, like, it was really well done. The Dudleys were great. You could almost tell they were kind of legit pissed that Public Enemies were like, Did, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're not going to do Fail, this man. match. And that helped the promo because there was realism behind it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and yeah, so and the brawl was uh great too. So I I, I, I I have questions that I need answered. Yeah, I mean you almost wonder like, you know, do they if it wasn't them
3: getting signed uh by the WF, was it more that they didn't want to like job to the Dullies and look weak right. um mm-hmm. for a potential, you know mm-hmm. gig? And I'm I'm looking quick to see when they signed. Um so they were still under contract at WCW when they did this run-in uh hmm. scheduled for February 12th in Queens buried on the 20th um so they were negotiating with the WF at the time of crossing the line so that's why they okay. bailed okay. that's why they canceled it um they made their debut on february 22nd it looks like
0: hmm.
3: um yeah february 22nd raw they debuted but okay. they're gone they're gone by april um I went back to WCW uh but it looks like their final appearance is in august of 99 uh, looks like we do see them one last time they come in, but not, it's nothing substantial. So, anyway, there you go. So, we'll see them one more time. Looks like one more time, one more time. All right, Joey's in the nest, recaps what we just saw, tries to process it all. Joey sets up the next piece of breaking news, and we head down to Shane Douglas and Francine heading to the ring. Francine looks solemn. Uh, Shane carrying his boots, the crowd chanting, Please don't go. Shane is tearing up. He says, They've all revolutionized the industry. The last year and a half, his life has sucked personally, professionally, and physically. Shane puts his boots in the ring, talks about the rumors around his physical condition. Gladly some have been greatly exaggerated, but for the past year and a half, he should have been more truthful. The injury he had put Ultimo Dragon to retirement, but he fought on with the heart of a champion. People have said things about him, calling him an asshole. Some people have been right. Some have called him the greatest in the world, and they're right too. No matter where you stand on him, it's nothing but a shoot. Francine is tearing up. She's distraught. Shane says he told someone years ago. They overstayed their welcome in wrestling, and he always said when he had his last match, it would be the greatest of his career. He wouldn't look back and thinks he could be proud of his match with Taz at the ECW arena, even though he lost. Shane grabs his boots and says, unlike other people, uh, unlike other people, he knows when it's time to pass on the boots. The crowd is not happy. They're begging Shane to stay, causing Shane to start crying. Shane says he'll never leave the sport. He'll do what he can behind the scenes and keep ECW alive, but they have plenty of studs to keep things going. The people in the back will carry on the revolution for ECW. Shane says it's time to call it a career. The person that will carry the revolution in the franchise and fill his boots is... We don't know. Because before we find out, out comes Justin Credible, Jazz, and Jason. Racine is breaking down. She's crying, but she stiffens up as they come to the ring. Credible says he heard Shane is a very smart man. And he's made the decision of a lifetime because he is now the hardcore icon. He beat Tommy Dreamer with an inch of his life. He took that old timer Terry Funk and got endorsed as a protege. And I took that line to mean that funk is gone as well, by the way. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he kind of writes it off quietly, like, yeah. oh, I, I used him too. Mm-hmm. And we haven't heard from him in a while. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing we, I don't another Terry Funk angle. We're probably not gonna see the blow off of it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, shock. Uh credible call, Shane Gramps. He thanks for passing the torch. He's the next franchise of ECW. Lance Storm is now out. We get a where's your bitch chant as he's solo tonight. Storm says Credible may be just incredible, but that's the problem because Storm could do it all. He's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Just like Bret Hart carried the WF, he's carrying ECW, and he'll be the next franchise. Storm and Credible stare each other down. Shane cuts them both off and says they're making waves, but neither are franchise. The man he is talking about is Tommy Dreamer. Credible canes Francine. Storm attacks Shane. Shane fires back, but Credible canes him as well. Tommy's in. He gets caned. Credible and Storm lay waste. Francine's bleeding incredible back uh, kicks her back down and we fade out on a very wild scene here with a lot going on. Uh, Tommy looks like he's going to get the torch from Shane as being the next icon of uh, storm. Incredible. The young guns obviously have other things to say. I think it kind of works on a sneaky meta level too, Matt. Uh, when you think of Shane versus the click incredible kind of being a low end click guy. Mm. Um, so that at a very meta level, if you're in the know on that,
0: it's yeah. kind of neat too. What would you think of the segment? Holy shit. This was a lot. Uh, Shane was great here. Francine was great here. I mean, Shane legit crying while he's talking was, was great. Like just there's like some sort of realism to it. You could tell in his heart and he's you know he says the stuff about his injury where he basically alludes to hey i shouldn't have been stupid and fought through it for a year and a half which hindsight being 2020 yeah he's probably right on that and you know saying the last year and a half sucked which is a hell of a thing to say when you've been a champion for the last year and a half so there's a lot of realism to what he's saying and then credible comes out and then this thing just goes fucking crazy and uh Credit to Francine because her mouth was a fucking mess after she took that shot. Like it was rough. It was brutal. And then Credible kicks her. So I-, I think this, with Shane clearly being a face now, this to me clearly sets up Credible as being the top heel in the company, which I think was the goal for this. Cause like, I mean, I'm assuming he probably had to get out of Queens with some sort of security detail because <laughs> they were, cause they were gonna fucking kill him. But yeah, this was just. An amazing, amazing segment from everybody. Everybody played their parts well, just really well done. And I, I like the swerve that they did where it looks like Shane's going to retire, but no, it turns out that he's going to deal with Credible. So just awesome. Well, that is believable because there had to be rumors the way
3: that right. Arena you know, chanted, don't go. Yep. Um, there's always rumors of guy's jumping at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so is he going to WCW? We know he's not going to do AF. Is he going to WCW? Is he hurt? you're retiring like what's going on jenny
0: right
2: oh i'm gonna try to get through this uh this is rough on me francine was incredible in this segment like i i didn't feel like i was being worked like i do sometimes with shane when he gets emotional quote-unquote this like matt said feels like from his soul like his heart and she is devastated And I'm sobbing, no lie. The person who used to hate Shane Douglas, and I'm just dying, thinking that he's leaving. Um, It was rough. It was brilliant. It was heartfelt. Everybody in Queens was just quiet, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. never happens in Queens. And the emotion was incredible. For this episode. The, the symbolism with his boots in the ring. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. This is probably my favorite Shane Douglas promo. Because um, I was sobbing. I was sobbing watching it. Um, him crowning a new franchise. I wasn't expecting that. But I like that angle. Um, I think we can work with that. And maybe we get another match out of it for Shane. Um, but this pretty much wrecks me. It was rough. It was really uh, rough to watch. And even if he was faking it a little bit, I don't care. That's fine. Because I bought it. Every right. bit of it.
0: I and
3: mean, I don't
2: think he was faking it.
0: No,
3: and if we're trading the Funk angle for like the Young Guns versus Dreamer and the old yeah. cowboys against like the young guns like i kind of yeah. like this much better oh 100%, than the yeah. funk dreamer stuff um yeah. i think it's a much more interesting angle and credible and storm on fire especially storm so them trying to take the mantle from the old guy the old guys i think is way more interesting than dreamer dealing with an angry funk
2: i agree yeah.
3: i haven't liked that angle from the beginning like it was fine in I don't know, that one but it
2: had, like, it had its moments but yeah i like this a lot it's a great spot for shane it and this ambiguity, ambiguity about what he's doing, is giving me anxiety. Big
3: <laughs> All right, big episode in the books. Uh, best match for me was Guido and Shetty. It's it's our, I guess, our only match. Only yeah, match. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, best moment, I went the Mustafa turn and the Shane's excuse me, the Shane speech and attack. Uh, both were both were equally big.
2: Shane and Francine together. I mean, I was. I've met them together and I don't know. It, it It's just it for me. Like, this is it for me, Maddie.
0: Yeah, I got to go with the Shane stuff. Just everything Shane did on this show, pretty much.
3: Uh, most 90s, uh, I don't know. Mustafa. <laughs> Hiccups also. Very Hiccups
2: nervous. are also. Hiccye.
3: I, I spent that whole uh, soliloquy by Jenny trying to get rid of them. but they had no uh, pu- Public
0: enemy, very 90s. Since we're not
2: going to see again. yes.
3: All right, stock rising. Sid, Taz, Chetty, Mustafa, Storm, Credible, Shane, Fran, Tommy, Bomb. Everybody, everybody, everybody
2: on this fucking show.
3: <laughs> everybody but not he, named Steve Carino. Yeah. Stock <laughs> falling. <and> Carino, Cronus, <laughs> Public Enemy, all terrible.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, eight out of ten for me. Another great episode. We are on a hot streak here. Yeah. Um, a lot of big angles. The only thing we're missing really is like a big match, but the angles are so big that it worked well.
2: Dude, I did the nine. Uh, if, if you have me sobbing my fucking eyes out on the wrestling show, you're going to get a high fucking score. Uh, I was devastated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to go like eight and a half on this at least because, I mean, uh, the, the, the last two segments were fantastic. It made me forget that there was actually a match that happened on this show,
3: so... <laughs> All right, I don't know if I'm going to get rid of these, so we're just going to roll through. He's going to deal with it. Oh, we'll I'll try run. to
2: scare you as you go. Oh, Let's look at Matt. All right. I'm trying.
0: Oh, shit. That's your first one. That'll do it. Fuck. It's the same All thing right. I see in the mirror every morning. Fuck. It didn't work. All right, February 27, 1999.
3: Joey's in the ring in Queens. We cut backstage where the Dudleys ask if they're ruining TV time and piss on the viewers' picnic. But they've been doing a lot of that lately. Running out the hardcore heroes, Public Enemy. Bubba says Public Enemy beat the Bruise Brothers. The Funk Brothers and the gangsters, but they ran Public Enemy out of town and right to Vince's doorstep. New Jack will never get his hands on Mustafa because Cash rules everything around me, dollar dollar bills, yo, mm-hmm. and he has to go through them to get to him. Jenny, who sang "Cream" real quick?
2: Yeah, yeah. I just don't like the money. Angle. Trivia: Who
0: sang
3: "Cream"? Uh,
2: I don't know. Cream, uh. No I'm dying.
0: Idea. I'm dying inside. Oh my! All right, God. Matt, go ahead. Wu Tang Clan. Goddamn.
3: Go Jenny, who saying "Flava in the Air"?
2: Flavor <laughs> Flave. Flav.
3: No.
0: Mm. Matt, uh, that would be Craig Mack. Thank you. I got you. Uh, all
2: right, what, why is this, this happening? Why are we doing this random hip hop quiz?
0: He called me ugly. It's the least he could do. Jenny, yes. who sang "Award Tour"?
2: What, what? Taylor Swift.
3: Matt, Tribe Called Quest. Thank you. I got this you. It's
2: terrible. I did not sign on for this
3: quiz. <laughs> Jenny who's saying back that ass up?
2: Okay, I do know that. Oh, do I know that? Oh god. It's right around that. the
0: time of the show. That was I Taylor just listen.
2: I just listened to that song.
0: Matt. That was Taylor Swift.
2: <laughs>
0: it's juvenile.
2: Juvenile. Duh.
0: Jenny who's saying make him say, it? Oh.
3: "Oh my
2: god, masterpiece finally."
0: Thank
3: you. All right, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a long video package recapping this whole saga. Get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. says, it's time to continue one of the greatest feuds to ever go down in ECW. The series continues in Queens. Tajiri. Super crazy. Crazy's out. Crazy's out. Jerry, has a drop kick to start. Cuts through super crazy with a hard kick. They spill outside. Tajiri pours it on at ringside. Suplexes crazy into the fans. Jerry, moves the mat and rail. Meets him with an acai. Kicks Super Crazy back in the ring. Hooks the tarantula. Jerry works a net. Crazy counters her tiger bomb for two. Goes to surfboard. Into a rare chancery. The crowd is rocking. As Super Crazy takes things back to the floor. Dumps Jerry into the crowd. Flies into with a springboard acai. Back inside, Crazy gets two on a moonsault. Then slams down Jerry hard. Hits a springboard moonsault for a near fall. Crazy goes up, but Jerry crotches him. Kicks away. Drops Super Crazy to the tree woe. Pounds him with a baseball slide, kicks away. Tajiri gets two on a bridging German. Crazy comes hammering back, misses a charge, flies over the top to the floor. Tajiri meets him with a somersault plancha. Back inside, Crazy counters into a leaping DDT for two. Tajiri counters the power powerbomb to a DDT. Crazy comes back with a series of springboard missile drop kicks and finishes with a springboard frog splash to win. Another great match. Uh, as always, they sprinkled in some new stuff. The new crowd in queens loved it. Uh, trading wins. At some point, please mix it up but they got to finish the loop, I guess get through the showcase mm-hmm. uh, on par with the last few three and a half for me, Jenny.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's three and a half, same match. Uh, what's the score. I totally kind of, they're it's, all kind of, crazy. A I
3: think it's three, two crazy now. Cause That's I think what I was
2: thinking crazy. I, was I thought it top. was two,
3: two uh, because the so Jerry won the rubber match, but who won in, uh, I guess we can look back who won in North Carolina. That would be the one
2: that was super crazy.
3: That was crazy. North, if crazy won in North Carolina, then it's then it's, three it's three two, two crazy. Okay,
2: yeah. My, the math checks out. That's where I was thinking. Yeah. To me, that's kind of the hardest it, part about their math. It was surprising to you me because I would have
3: thought Tajiri seemed like the guy I maybe they were so. behind Ooh. a little bit more. Yes. So yes,
2: yeah. I I tend to like Tajiri a little bit more. Um, so I kind I don't know. I feel like they're gonna even out. You know, and mm-hmm. nobody's gonna win this series. Uh, which is also fine with me. So another three and a half stars for these fabulous bastards.
0: I mean, yeah, it's another three and a half star match. I, I'm running out of great things to say about them, yep. but I, I will say about this one, it was cool to see him uh, fly into the fucking crowd in queen. <laughs> that, that was yeah, awesome. In, in that tiny ass area. So mm-hmm. that was cool to see where, where they're doing these dives where there's just no room to do anything in Queens Mm -hmm. really. So that was cool. But I mean, yeah, it's another, it's another three and a half star match guys. God damn it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I know they're going to fight more, but like for this loop, I'm wondering if this is it now, because we've hit the big spots, um, the big places we've kind of run through it. So we'll see Mm -hmm. if we get any more of it, but Mm -hmm. Uh, Joey's in the nest. He goes over Shane's announcement from last week. We get clips of the segment that ended in a lot of violence with credible and storm tears tears back to the ring. We go Is Skull Skull Von Krush is back to take on Sabu. Von Krush heads to the ring. Uh, Joey talks about his resume, how he's full of hatred with no political agenda. Joey hypes a VHS release of the show Sabu and Fonzie hit the ring. They get the FTW bell with them. Fonzie says to watch because Sabu will kill somebody, and Joey walks that back. <laughs> he's not gonna uh. kill anyone <laughs> after a break. Uh, Von Krush is in. Control gets a power slam elbow off the middle for two. He drops a leg for two. Does a really weird, like, thrusting, jerking off gesture before <laughs> dropping a low elbow. It was like uh, Dr. Ken in The Hangover kind of thing. Like, that. Yeah. Uh, fuck on you. Uh, Skull von Crush drops a leg for two. Does a weird, uh, again, that thrusting. Joey thinks Sabu is a bit preoccupied here tonight as uh, Skull von Crush stomps away. Sabu dodges a frog splash, knocks Von Krush outside. Sabu shoots him to the railing, sets up a table bridge, fights back, but puts Sabu on it. Skull Von Krush heads up top. Sabu crotches him, follows him. It's a superplex or two. He puts him on a table. Skull slides away as Sabu meets him with a springboard plancha anyway. Sabu sees a fan in a Taz shirt. He rips the shirt off him. As Joey says, this is the hometown of Taz, and the fans are in Sabu's head. Taz, uh, I'm sorry, Sabu jabs, jams the fan in the head with a sharp object and keeps jabbing him over and over. The crowd is buzzing. Fonzie smashes Von Crush with a chair. He falls on a table ridge. Sabu puts him through with a springboard splash. Sabu grabs a mic, which we never hear Sabu talk. Mm-mm. He calls for Taz. Taz comes out right away. We get a big brawl that leads to the whole locker room coming out. The group ends up on the floor. Sabu flies into a crowd of wrestlers with a somersault plancha, and uh, that's that. So a fine match, uh, just a backdrop, really, to the war between Taz and Sabu. Sabu dripping further uh, into insanity. Uh, the fire is raging even hotter with these two. Fun is fine as low-card fodder. Uh, Sabu is an, an, just an animal and a madman. Uh, man, I went two stars, gentlemen's two on the squash.
0: Uh, but the post-match is really where it's at as they continue to march toward living dangerously with these two guys. I uh I went two and a half on this because he stabbed someone in the face with a spike he out did. of nowhere. Like I w- and it wasn't even the guy in the fucking ring he was with. It was some rando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he just amazing. Carried- He just carries that spike with him all the time, I guess. But, I mean, the match itself was kind of whatever. It was basically a a Sabu squash. But goddamn, uh, don't wear a Taz shirt around Sabu. Note to self. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. He'll fucking stab you with a railroad spike if you do that shit. So, I mean, the match is fine. But like you said, it kind of took a backseat to the Taz-Sabu brawl. So, two and a half. But, Jesus, don't piss off Sabu
2: no that guy deserved it he was being a fucking asshole to sabu he had a poster and he was just like shoving it because they were setting up the table right there and sabu just fucking snapped and pulled out something and started wailing on this fan joey went silent that's yeah. why i was like what the fuck's happening the camera right. didn't show it mm-hmm. anymore and they went they went wide on it so you can not really see that guy must have got fucked up because sabu went Ham on his ass. That shit, I was cackling. That shit was so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Sabu just losing it in the middle of this match. But I don't Joey kept saying, like, Sabu seems off a step. Sabu seems right. distracted. I'm like, what the fuck is the giveaway? He looks exactly <laughs> the same. What? It's not like he was missing his sponsor, dude. He was amazing. Like, I'm like, what is he talking about?
3: You wonder about? how many stories like I mean, again. Joey's Joey, but he adds yeah. like a lot of context and depth to what's going on. I do yeah. think a lot of this would be lost in the ether if it wasn't for him like telling us some stuff.
1: Yes. For, um He does a good I job at
3: it. And obviously, that. Paul is feeding it to him, but it's like they really get over a lot of extra things mm-hmm. through the commentary that would be hard to pick up in ECW. Yeah,
2: because no, no way did he look off of his game in this fucking match. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I did two and a half, but like, I, I don't know. Sabu <laughs> was. Not the reason for that, like the table break was amazing. Him speaking, calling Taz out, I mm-hmm. lost my shit because he didn't have to say nothing but Taz <laughs> into the <laughs> microphone. And that bitch came running out, he was gonna come in and fight. And then they got, you know, the locker room came out, but the, you know what? I liked it. I thought this is great. Mm-hmm. Sabu's great, he's fucking. He's, oh. He might be number one on
1: that that
2: 50 list because he's the man.
3: All right. Joey says Storm is informed uh, ECW that Tammy Lynn Bitch has left the promotion due to her verbal and basting at the hands of Tommy Dreamer. And he's requested time to speak tonight because he has a brand new manager. So short run for Tammy Lynn Bitch. Hmm. Uh, Storm hits the ring in Queens. He says Tammy Lynn is no longer with him. She's gone due to ribbing by the boys, including being ribbed for having smaller breasts than Tommy Dreamer. (laughs) Great line. (laughs) Joey knows that Don Callis is standing in the balcony watching on. He says he's from Canada. It was known as the Jackal in the WWEF. Storm makes some more fat jokes about Dreamer. Joey's trying to figure out why the hell Callis is here. Storm says he has a new manager. And of course, Joey assumes it's Callis. But Lance says the bitch is back. His new manager is Beulah McGillicuddy. Of course, Smart as Joey is, always bites on these stupid things. He's ah
0: Beulah's
2: back. I did too. Uh, but, Shut up.
3: Yeah, come on. Uh, but it's obviously just Tammy Lynn Bitch back again, dressed up as Beulah. Uh Tammy Beulah, I don't know what to call her, <laughs> struts around the ring. She plays Lynn to Bula. the fans. Fake <laughs> Beulah. Uh plays to the fans as Joey's ripping on it. He wonders if the virus from the WF, Don Callis is behind this distasteful display. Dreamer's out. We attack Storm. But Credible and Jason make the save. They beat down Tommy. Shane comes in to save. Francine spears Jason and beats him up. And uh, that gets a big pop. She holds him. And then her and Shane hold up the triple threat symbol. And they kind of nudge Tommy. And he does it as well. And they hug to wrap up. So it looks like the new triple threat uh, is is uh, Francine, Shane Douglas, and Tommy Dreamer at the moment. Hell yeah! Uh, pretty cool. A good, and it, it felt like a nice elevation for Francine. She deserved yes. to be like brought up yes. to that level.
0: Yeah,
2: um,
3: a good segment. Uh, we get some mystery mixed in, like what's going on with Callis. Some good trolling by Storm, and a good violent attack by Storm. Incredible. We wonder what's going on with Shane's future. He was about to retire. Now he seems to be embroiled in a blood feud. Um, you know, the ECW superpowers coming together, much like Tommy and Sandman did back in the day. We're now going to get Tommy and Shane. It looks like. So, yeah, Jenny, I thought it was a really good segment again. Um, we'll see where Callus ends up. Uh, is this going to lead to anything or is it just going to be like a random one off? Who the hell knows? But we'll see. Mm-hmm.
2: It might have been Joey just throwing that extra flavor in like he likes to do, mm-hmm. you know? But we'll see. But yeah, I, Tammy Lynn uh, Beulah faked me out just for a little hot minute. Look, I just believe in Joey and what he says, okay? I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> he gets so much wrong.
2: And, uh, I know. I can't help it. Um, this was excellent. <laughs> Fran, my love, she was the MVP. She got her. The crowd just mm-hmm. acknowledged. They acknowledged Fran, mm. you know, in a way that's not about her tits. That I really, well,
3: it, love. yeah. It's it's like she deserves the face stuff yes. too, you know, just yes. like right. just like Shane does. does. So like that's the yep. cool part of this is that she also is getting the face uh, love for the first time since she was. With the pit bulls way back in 95. She deserves it.
2: She deserves it. She's been every every step of the way along with Shane. I just love it. And I feel a little emotional talking about Francine. And that's weird. I did mm. not expect that to hit me as I talked about her. But her face is so fucked up, right? Mm. She already yeah, got yeah, fucked up. Yeah, she got whacked. Really, oh, yeah. There's a big bruise across her. I mean, it's just mm. respect 100%. I love this.
0: Yeah, this was uh, really great. Like you guys have mentioned, Francine was awesome here. Just... Probably shouldn't have been out there, but was and just faces a mess. She's got this giant wad of gauze in her mouth, like yeah. it's fucking, like it's fucking char or something. Like just her and here's spearing Jason. That spear was great, and uh, look, looks like we have a new triple threat again. And it's Shane and Tommy. Wasn't expecting that. Didn't have the, yeah, no. didn't have that on my bingo card, but here we are. So, but yeah, this is really well done. And boy, I hope Don Callis sticks around because God, I am a fan of that man. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see. All right, that's it. Best match. Uh, yeah, yet again to Jerry and Crazy. Yep,
3: yeah. yep. Let's go. Uh Sabu and Skull von Crush. Uh yep. for worst match, I guess. Mm-hmm. By default. Mm-hmm. Uh best moment. I'm with Dreamer and Douglas and Francine throwing up the triple threat. Like that's it a, was it's a cool amazing. moment in Queens. Yep. Yep. Oh my them god. Them uniting. Yep. Uh definitely a mega powers moment. Uh, most '90s, um, the idea of Skull von Crush's new movement, <laughs> like whatever Joey was fucking going on about, <laughs> it was like it's not very '90s. No, very, it, 90s. it was something. Yes.
0: Uh, Don Callis, yeah, also that's the new right there.
3: Uh, he's doing right there.
2: <laughs> Don Callis. I expect
3: some nice. new wave music that he's listening to. You know, uh, but,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, Stock rising. Tajiri, super crazy. Storm, credible. Sabu, Francine, Shane, Tommy. Yeah, but again, banana. everybody. Uh, falling, I'm with a Taz fan. <laughs> Just got yeah. crushed.
2: His
0: uh, his eyeball is falling
3: oh, out of his he, head. After he was stabbed. never the
2: same again. Uh, he got uh, fucked
0: up. Final grade, seven and a half.
3: Like, another really yep. strong episode. Yep. Man, we are, what a run. We're um, cooking. You man. know, and I feel like going into November, remember, we were down a bit. We were like, oh, maybe we've peaked. Like, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but really, since that pay-per-view, um, we didn't, you know, we were we were a little lukewarm in that too, with the whole ending with Taz and the six yes. man and all that. Yes. Um, but really, since then, we've kind of been really hot. I mean, mm-hmm. was, and especially since Guilty as Charged, like this mm-hmm. last seven that we've covered um, over the last two episodes of our show have been uh, fantastic. So we'll see as we barrel into Living Dangerously if it holds up.
2: That being said, it's a different feel. It's not mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. same. Like. Right. It's like it's growing on me slowly, and I can appreciate it now, but it's different from the early days, from, like, 95, 97, which is fine. I mean, it's good, but...
3: We've been through multiple iterations, right? It it almost feels like different promotions. It
2: does. That early
3: 94, 95 feels like a super indie, where Mm they bring in some names, Mm -hmm. have some big dream matches. Then when, like Raven, when Raven and Tommy really like that feud kicked in in like mid 95, mm-hmm. uh-huh. that feels like an era that it was very unique, like 95 yes. where like Jericho came in and, and Ray and, and those guys, like 95 to early 97. Then it felt like another era mm-hmm. or whatever Raven left like that felt like the end of that era. Right. Then you get the, the WF war through 98 felt very a lot of like angry and this and that. But yeah, this this feels like a new yeah, it's, a it's a maturity.
2: It's a maturity that I've yeah. noticed in in individual wrestlers in the booking. And the presentation is slicker All too. It. Like, if, yeah,
3: oh, it yeah. feels like more of a just a mainstream TV I wrestling totally company. Agree. Like that's the big difference. Yep. yep. Yeah, so.
2: But the emotion still hitting me. Like I'm hmm. sobbing watching some of the shit. So right. you know, it, it's you could argue right now. There.
3: And if this feud works, like. It's probably those balance they've been mm-hmm. since probably 96 yep. um, yeah. it's, or maybe 95 even. Like balance between emotional feuds and like awesome wrestling. wrestling. Because we've kind That's of been crazy. either one or the other for a few years mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 98, we were a little bit low on the in-ring, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like this really feels like, okay, we're getting awesome wrestlers because they brought in these great workers that are going mm-hmm. balls out. And then we have the dubbies. Dreamer, Sandman, incredible storm Stormroll, Heat Machines, right on top of everything. Um, and Shane, so like we kind of still have those emotional stories with these great um, storytellers, but then we have these incredible workers on the under card just churning out these great matches left and right, you know, week to week. So, yeah, it's a cool time. We'll see how it holds up, um, over the last couple of years here. So, all right, we're done for tonight. We'll be back, uh, soon in two weeks and in two weeks let's, let's uh, quickly check what we got going on we'll have three weeks of television and then a month from today we'll be with you from Living Dangerously 1999 so we right. almost into another pay-per-view crazy mm-hmm. uh, we're getting through it so mm-hmm. be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on any podcast application just do both follow us on all social media don't miss a thing extremely leave your life in an extreme way <laughs> but yeah. to the extreme yeah. to the extreme yeah. goodbye
1: goodbye